Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Amen. Holy Spirit, take control. My name is Alexander Pagani, lead pastor of Amazing Church, located here in the South Bronx, New York City. And um, I want to talk to my pastor friends. I want to talk to my pastor friends. Um, If you're not a pastor, uh, if you're not a pastor, um, if you're not a pastor, then you're probably not going to understand this post uh, and this uh, broadcast um, because you, you, you're you not walking in their shoes in this season, all right? And rightly so, and neither am I going to fault you for it uh, because you're not a pastor, all right? So I can't expect you to understand how pastors feel. You're not a pastor, all right? So, but this message is geared towards pastor, pastors, uh, and what's presently happening uh, in our country. Now, um, what you think I'm going to talk about today, I'm not going to talk about. All right. So uh, try your best. Resist the urge to throw those questions out. But I want to encourage my pastor friends. OK, let me let me say this. Let me say this is this. Every pastor is is not trained for social activism. And there are, let me, let me give you a reason why a large percentage of pastors aren't saying anything. The truth is, they've never been trained in any kind of social activism. Um, and um, and um, for a large part, uh, in this season, they authentically don't know what to do. They just don't know what to do. So to sit here and to say, you know, every pastor need to be out there or uh, these pastors protesting need to sit down on both ends. You know, I I try to be as pragmatic 
Let me share something with you. In five years of Bible school, let me show you my Bible accolades. I graduated from five years of Bible school. I didn't do three years, I did five. Not one course on social activism, nothing. That never even came up. Liberation theology never was even taught in the biblical, the biblical training uh, of some biblical institutes that many of our pastors graduate from. You know, and we, we can't, we can't, I can't blame a pastor for not being passionate about what they've never been trained for. You know, and, um, and, 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 and here's the issue that we're expecting pastors to go out there and they have no idea where to start, when to start. They, they don't know, you know, and that's the group I want to talk to today. I want to talk to my pastor friends or minister friends. You'd be surprised how Christian bubbled ministers are. You know, um, when I mean Christian bubbled, I mean the, like the Christian world is, you know, there's some pastors that all they know is pray. They all they know is prayer, like pray, preach, prayer, preach, pray, prophesy, pray, preach. Like, and then you're waiting for them to, I'm wait, I'm waiting for, my, I'm waiting for my pastor to say something and to protest and and to get it in. And the pastor's like, ah, uh, I already did something. We're praying. And you're like, prayer? What? Like, what the heck you talking about pray? This ain't no time to pray. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like bullying. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't like bullying. Anybody that knows me, I'm an advocate for balance. Which means on any side, on anything, if I feel people are being Jezebeled, I'm going to say something. You know what I'm saying? And I try to give people the benefit of the doubt that uh, a large percentage of pastors are not cowards. They just don't know where to start and what to do. They don't, they don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. All they know how to do is pray. And let me tell you something. Prayer is not popular right now. If you sit here and say, let's, my God, let's pray. Folks are going to blast you for it. Like, <laughs> they just gonna blast you for it. You know what I'm saying? Like folks are like, man, we prayed long, we done prayed long enough. There ain't no prayer right now. And so the pastor that only knows how to pray, you know what I'm saying, don't know what to do. Because all they know is pray. Let me tell you something. I come from Pentecostal churches. There is no social activism in ultra conservative Pentecostalism storefront churches. All we did was pray. Like if we went to a protest, we didn't we didn't have picket signs. We praying. We robo robo There ain't none of that right picketing. Like you see what I'm saying? Like, and I hate people being sh shaming. People bothers me. I, I don't like seeing people shame when it's all they know. Like it's diff it's different if you know better and you choosing. Some people, they just don't know. Like, they don't know. All they know is, that's all they know. That's all they, listen, that's all they know. <laughs> and if you ask them, what's your thoughts? They're going to get Bible on you. They're going to talk Bible. They're going to say, well, the Bible said, baby, like, okay. So, okay. So, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Listen, this is what I'm saying. 
Listen to what I'm saying. I did five years of Bible school. They never trained me for social activism. That's a choice that I am making now for the first time in my life. Period. And I'm brown and I'm Afro-Latino. And I got a big nose because I come from my descendants are African. My grandmother's black. You know, and my grandmother's grandparents were slaves brought to Puerto Rico. Like, like where you get, where you think I get this woolly hair and, you know, I'm one of the lighter shades in my family. Period. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I could identify to some degree. See what I'm saying? But this is new to me. This, this is new. Like, like, oh, not, not the situation. Not, not the situation. Not the situation. Listen, I've been through some stuff. But, you know, some pastors, let me tell you why some pastors are not coming out. Not because they're scared, but because they don't know what to do. They genuinely, these are good pastors. These are good pastors of, of color, of, of black and brown and black. I'm going to say brown because I'm brown. You know what I'm saying? Who don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. You know, every Christian denomination is not centered around black liberation theology. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, pro-black activism or, you know, there's some denominations that's just straight spiritual. Everything is just prayer. Like, literally, that's where I come from. You don't protest, you pray. Like, for real, like, you just pray. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay, we got to do more than pray. You know what I'm saying? Like, but... The reason why, if you, the average pastor is not out there or saying something on their Facebook is because they don't know what to say because they've never been trained to think outside their box of spirituality to, a, to, to minister to the needs of holistic ministry, W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. A lot of pastors do not know holistic ministry. They don't, they don't know it. You know, and I was that a long time ago. Like, you know, like I, I, I would like to protest, but I wouldn't even know where to start. Most of these pastors, they just don't know. You know, and that's the group I want to talk to today. I want to talk to that group today. Um, I'm going to give you five verses before I... I before. I'm going to get into these five verses. I got five portions of scripture, but I just wanted to throw this out there. Pastor that's watching me, that this is new to you. Don't you let nobody shame you. Don't, don't feel shame. Don't feel shame because you don't know what to do. Baby, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. You don't have to feel ashamed about being uninformed and you don't know or not as passionate as everyone else. Maybe you spent your whole life in the church, you know? And let me say something. Let me just say something in all fairness. David, in the city of Ziklag, when he went to go recover, what happened? The Bible says out of his 600 men, 200, they didn't want to fight. They didn't want to go out. They was like, David, we're going to stay here and pray. Like, we tired. I don't want to go out. I ain't even got the energy to go out. That's what they told David. And the 400 men recovered everything. Right? And when they came back with the spoils, the 400 men told David. They told David 
They said, those 200 men who didn't come out here with us, they get nothing. And David looked at them and said, the Lord rebuke you. Because those who stayed in the camp are just as important as those who went to fight. And everybody gets a portion in this crap. So let me say this, man. Stop shaming pastors who don't go out. Because your butt is out there protesting, but them pastors are praying for you. Even though they ain't out there. You, the reason why you ain't get locked up, and that's because that pastor that all they know is pray, prayed for you to not get arrested. So do me a favor. Don't be shaming pastors who don't go out. And pastors who don't go out, don't be shaming those who going out talking about their being in the flesh. Baby, God told me, man, we all playing a part, man. Because if you go out, baby, I need your prayer, man, while I'm out there. Did you catch what I just said? Those 400 men came back and told David, you see those 200 men? They should not be part of the spoils because they did not go out to fight. And David looked at them and said, your heart ain't right, my brothers. He said, your heart ain't right. Because those who stayed are the same as those who went out. We all, all going to get stuff back. And everybody gets equally distributed. Everybody. This, this is in the Bible. This is in second. This is in second Samuel. You got to go read it. And that's what, and, and what we're seeing is, we're seeing the reemergence of the spirit of Ziklag with, 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 with David's 600 men. Baby, you know, we don't know why the 200 men couldn't go out with David, but they were honest and said, David, we ain't got no fight left in us because they done took our women and children. I don't feel like fighting. I just want to stay here and just... You guys go, we'll be here, we'll protect the camp. And you know, David didn't say, nah, 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 y'all gotta fight. Everybody, no, he said, all right, you stay here, we go over here. And they got the victory. Did you catch it? Okay, that story sticks out to me. It sticks out to me. You wanna know why? Because the pastors who protest are not more important than those who stood in church to pray. May I just freely say this? In just defense of pastors who don't, just don't know, who just never been trained in this, that just because they ain't go out to the fight doesn't mean they haven't been in the fight. Because, because, listen to me, because this, this is just as much as a fight as Both of them are a fight. Both of them are a fight. You wrestling with people and the pastor's wrestling with demons. Did you catch what I just said? Okay. Now, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because I'm, I'm noticing that the pastoral office is getting less and less and less vocal. I mean, there's a lot of pastors really silent in this season. And I've come to the conclusion that it's not that they shook and it's not that they're scared is that that they've never been trained in this level of, in this type of ministry. All they know is Pentecostalism. They don't know liberation theology or social activism. They don't know that, they just don't know that stuff. It's not an excuse. They just don't know the stuff. So are we clear? Are we clear in that? 
Because I don't want nobody. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Have you considered that some of these people out there are just doing it for a photo app to just so that people don't beef? And maybe their heart is not even really being out there. But they're like, I got to show face. In Spanish, we call it, tiene que demostrar cara. You know what I'm saying? Have you considered that everybody that's in the street protest that might not be there, they just might be there so that nobody will talk? Do, do you see what I'm saying? Like, don't get caught up with bodies. Because everybody out there is not... Sometimes people are just out there to just be like, I don't want nobody beefing at me that I'm not out here. I'm going to go out there. It is what it is. It is what it is. Okay, so we don't know what people's heart is. Okay, now. Uh, okay, so uh, someone wrote showboating. I wouldn't say showboating, maybe, but show, I would say, uh, um, um, ah, uh, not showboating. What politicians have to do when there's a calamity. You think every politician in the middle of a situation wants to go out to the street and be like, I'm here advocating politicians be scared too. But they got to go out there because their position requires them. Okay, now watch this. Okay. Now, for my pastor friends, okay, my pastor friends, okay, who's never been trained on this, I'm going to give you, okay, I'm going to give you five things you need to do to begin the process. I'm not going to tell you the problem and not give you the solution, all right? All right, now watch this, now watch this. Am I talking good? Say amen. If you see my point of view, just say amen. You don't have to agree, but if you see my line of thinking like, I get it. Yeah, you're right. All right. Now watch this. Okay, watch this. Okay. Number one thing you need to do, pastor, is this. Is number one is uh, proclaim. Jer now I'm going to throw out the verses, but I'm not going to read them. I'm going to quote them. Okay. Okay. Number one, pastor, that's never been involved in this type of stuff. Let me just tell you, man, you're not alone. You're not alone. Okay. I'm talking to the pastors now that have never done this. Okay, number one is this. You have to proclaim, which means this. You have to say something. You can't stay quiet. Okay? Number one, pastor, understand. You can't ride this season on, I'm just going to stay quiet. No. Because if you're like me and other pastors... A large percentage of your congregations are African-Americans, all right? And for other pastors like myself, it, hit, it hits a little bit home. For me to not be able to say something would be a dishonor to my grandmother and her bloodline and also to the African-American community that supports this ministry because a lot of white churches ain't inviting me and Spanish churches ain't inviting me. My black brothers that, are, that support this ministry here, all right? Y'all the only ones that tolerate a Pagani. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> okay, watch this. Pastor, pastor, this situation is different than any other situation. You, th this situation, you have to say something. You can't ride this one through. This, this is different. This is different than Trayvon Martin and a couple of the others where God, God was trying to get you to say something, but you were like, I don't know. In this situation, you have to say something for two reasons. One. The situation calls for it. And two, there's a virus in the street. And if you don't say something, your people going to go out there and expose themselves to a virus that's out there. Okay, so you have to say something. Okay, Jeremiah 22, 
verse 3 talks about do what is just and is right and to rescue those from the hand of the oppressor. Okay, so Jeremiah chapter 22 verse 3 says, what does the Lord require of you to do what is just and to do what is right and to rescue those from the hands of their oppressor? So this is Jeremiah 22 verse 3. Pastor, that never did this before. You still have to say something. Let me tell you something. This Sunday, you better not preach your normal sermon. If you do, it would be the most insensitive thing that you could do. And you will dishonor the Holy Spirit in this. Listen, you will have to break away. You have to break away at least this Sunday, the first Sunday in the midst of all this. You have to you have to preach the mind of God in whatever he tells you. You have to say something. You can't just say, I'm going to continue in my teaching series. No. In this situation, you have to, Pastor, I know you don't know what to say. Baby, you got two days, three days. Okay, I'm going to help you what to say. Watch this. Look up the word justice and do a keyword Bible word search from Genesis all the way through Revelation. Start there. You don't have to have a perfect message. Let me tell you something, man. Here's what I, let me tell you something what I learned about being a pastor. And I wish that I learned this early in ministry, but here's what I learned. It's this. Is now, watch this. Uh, people could care less whether you preach good or not, but if they know you love them, they will follow you to the ends of the earth. Now, I'm not saying preaching truth or not. What I'm saying is this. They could care less if whether you're a T.D. Jakes or whether you have a good, uh, whether you could preach fire like their favorite preacher. They could care less about that. But if they know you love them and you're doing your best, they will follow you to the ends of the earth, even if you don't preach like T.D. Jakes. But if they know my pastor, he ain't a great preacher, meaning in the sense of method and style. I'm not talking about content. Baby, if your, if your pastor ain't preaching the word, you better run. You better run. But if your pastor, okay, they can't rock a service. They can't, they can't navigate in the realms and the dimensions of the apostolic and the prophetic. But if they preach truth and you know they love you and they're trying their best to shepherd you. Man, I tell you, man, people will follow you to Antarctica. And be like, man, that's my man of God. That's my man of God, woman of God right there. Listen, you have to say something. You have to say something. Okay, why? Because Jeremiah 22, verse 3, says it. It says, what does the Lord require from you? To do what is just and to do what is right. And to rescue those from the hand of the oppressor. And then the chapter goes on talking about, talking about this stuff. Okay. Number two thing you need to do, pastor, that's never been in this, okay? Now, this is not for everybody. This is for my pastors who've been in church bubbled. Just tunnel vision. Like, that's all they know is pray, 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 prophesy. Number two thing you need to do is this. <laughs> is this. Is Proverbs eleven fourteen? It says... In the multitude 
of counselors, there is wisdom. What does that mean? Is you might not know what to do because you've never been down this path before. But you need to reach out to your leadership. And together surround yourself with your leaders of your church. And tell them, I never did this. What do you guys think? How could we collectively, together as a leadership team, tackle this? Pastor, you don't have to be the savior. You're not the savior. That's why he gave you your core staff. Tell your leaders and be like, yo, like, yo, ah. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 11, 14, it says, uh, it says, in the multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. What does that mean? Is you don't have to know everything. And not knowing is not an excuse to not respond. Reach out to your leaders. That's why they're there. And be honest and said, never tackled this before. Uh, Proverbs 11 verse 14 says, In the multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. And in another portion of the book of Psalms, it talks about uh, that there is safety in the multitude of counselors. All right, so those are the biblical verses. Proverbs 11, 14 is surround yourself with people. Surround yourself uh, with people, uh, with your leaders. So that way you could get the mind of God. You get the mind of God and together you can come up with a strategy of how your church will proceed. Okay, it's that simple. Stop, stop being a personality-driven church. Reach out to your leaders and be honest. And if they can't handle you not knowing, then they shouldn't be in your leadership team. Uh, if anything, they should be excited saying, man, praise God, I'm here, pastor. Yeah, I got some ideas. Let's make this happen. Let's do this. What do you think about this? And together, the wisdom of God comes down. And you're able to get God's mind for your congregation. All right. Number three is this. Okay. Number three is this. And this one's going to be a tough one. This one's going to be a tough one. But listen to me. Hebrews chapter four. Uh, I believe it's verse 18 says. For we have a high priest who can be touched. With the feelings of our infirmities. What does this mean, pastor? It means this. You're going to have to get out among your people, your sheep, who are directly affected by this. And hear their heart and begin to empathize. Which means is, tell me what you're doing. All right, maybe it hasn't affected you. Maybe it doesn't really affect you, but it has affected people in your church. So you have to empathize and find out, okay, how does this affect your family? Talk to me as your pastor. How do you feel right now? You have to begin to be touched with the feelings, feeling. There's a lot of feelings of anger right now. There's a lot of 
feelings of rage right now. There's a lot of feelings of frustration right now. You have to do your high priest duty. And, and let me give you an example. Not knowing what they're going through is not an excuse. You want to know why? Because Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. He never sinned. But he came down. He came down off and took off the royal diadem. He left his godhood. He took on human flesh. He came down as a servant, took the form of a man. And guess what? He began to be touched with the feelings of our of people's infirmities. Feelings of the infirmities. Jesus ain't never deal with pain. He's God. God don't feel pain. He's sovereign. He's omnipotent. He knows pain. He don't feel pain. But he comes down. And he said, you know what? Let me be touched with their feelings. So what does this mean? What does this mean? Okay, maybe you've never dealt with this. Maybe you never, maybe, maybe this doesn't directly affect you to some degree. All right. Maybe you've been stuck in your church world and amen. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to get out that bubble. You got to get out that bubble and you got to, and, and you have to empathize with people and, 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 and feel what they're feeling. Why do you feel like this? Why do you as a Christian for a split second want to forsake Christian values and kind of support looting? Okay, to just sit here and say, as a Christian, supporting, uh, you're kind of supporting looting is dead wrong. It's dead wrong. But ask them why. Why do you feel like that? Why do you feel like that? And let me give you, an, let me give you a reason. Let me give you an example of this. Right? Watch this. Watch this. Right now, I'm a Christian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the other cheek for the sake of Christ until you touch my babies and touch my family. Then I now I have to pray a little bit because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Now, ideally, I'm going to turn the other cheek, but you touch my babies. Uh, I'm feeling a certain type of way. See? So if I spaz out and you just tell me you were wrong, man of God. You as a pastor, you should have knew better. My, my question will be, do you got a son? Do you got a daughter? If you tell me, uh, well, I'm not married yet because you on this evangelist overzealous stuff. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hush your mouth because you don't, you don't understand. You haven't been touched with my feeling because you don't got babies. You don't got no babies. You don't got no babies. You, you ain't got no babies. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So, But when you step out of that and say, Apostle Pagani, what were you feeling that day? And I'll tell you, man, don't touch my babies. You know, now, now you're, what are you doing? You're touching my feeling. And if you touch my feeling, you can turn my feeling. Do you see what I'm saying? So before you go at, before you speak rhetoric, did you catch it? Before you go into the rhetoric, which you gotta say, identify a little bit. Just identify a little bit. 
I'm not telling you to be me. I'm not telling you to go body somebody. They're not your babies. Do you see what I'm saying? But, Pagani, I'm with you. I get it. I get it. I get it. I I don't understand, but I, I get it. I get I see. I see why. And guess what? You can make the prayer. Jesus, look, Jesus never sinned, but he gets it. Oh, don't make me preach to you. Jesus never sinned, but he get it. And because he get it, the Bible says in the next verse, he's able to pray and intercede and save to the uttermost. Father, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Lord, they're really struggling with lust right now. Lord, I don't lust, but I get it. I get it. All right. You got, you got to identify. Okay. Number number four. Uh, number four is this. Am I talking good? Say amen. Uh, number four is this. Okay, watch this. Number four is this. Pastor, listen. Listen to me, pastor, that never been involved in anything like this. Amen. Watch this. Number four is this. Prepare to lose friendships. Pastor, I'm telling you, you can't please everybody. You can't please everybody. Amos chapter 2. Amos chapter 2 says two cannot walk unless they agree. The book of Amos Listen to me, Pastor. I, in this situation, in a situation like this, prepare yourself that you're not going to please everybody. If you go out and protest, the people that don't are going to say you're putting yourself at danger. There's a virus out there. You're not going to please them. If you stay home, those that are protesting are going to say you shook and you scared and there's no way around it. They're going to say you scared. If you say no looting, those who are pro that pro looting are going to be like, but you don't understand the struggle of poverty in the streets because you up in your ivory tower hiding behind a computer. Like, baby, listen, pastor, this is one of those situations that prepare to lose somewhere. And you're going to have to take the hit. Listen, you, you can't please everybody. You can't please everybody. You can't please anybody. You know what I'm saying? There's no way around it. There's no, there's no way around it. You go pro-Biden, forget about the Trump supporters. You go pro-Trump, forget about all. There's no way. There's, okay, the Bible says two cannot walk unless they agree. So guess what? Be prepared for people to walk away from you. But listen, but hear the word of the Lord on this. Hear the word of the Lord on this. Listen, they'll be back. You want to know why? Because they're your friends. They mad right now. They're in their feelings. Get prepared to get unfriended. Give it another month. They'll re they'll refriend you again. Do you see what I'm saying? There's no way around it, Pastor. You're gonna lose some people. And guess what, Pastor? Uh, and guess what? You are going to lose even people in your church. I guarantee your church is divided right now. You got those that are like super spiritual and you got those that are super proactivism. There's no way around it. And guess what? 
Those are your spiritual sons and daughters. Those are your sheep. You're going to love them. You're going to be their pastor. You're going to walk with them in this. You're going to walk with them in this season. In this season, you're going to walk with them. And guess what? And guess what? They're going to be mad at you. I, I don't agree with my pastor. Just love them. They're going to be mad. Unfriend, they're going to unfriend you. They're going to unfriend their own pastor. I'm mad at my pastor. I'm going to unfriend my pastor because I'm mad. They're not going nowhere. They, they might not talk to you for about a month. And then the Holy Spirit starts dealing with them. And the Holy Spirit starts telling them, what you doing? Why are you mad at your pastor? Man, get your butt back to church. And go be with the man or woman of God. All right? So, pastor, listen. If you're looking for, I just don't want to anger my friends. You're already angering your friends. You want to know why? Because they already say, why haven't you said anything on your Facebook? All right? Amen. Amen. Last point and then I'm out of here, guys. Last point. What time is it? 40 minutes. Perfect timing. Perfect time to stop for a sermon. Watch this. Okay. Look at this. Pastor. Okay. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Watch this. Is. Look at that. Look at this. Uh, what's this? Pastor. Now, I'm going to say something that probably won't be popular, but it's not even for controversy's sake. Is this. You do whatever you feel the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Watch this. If God, if it's not on your heart to protest, you don't have to go out there. But here's what I'm going to say as a last point. Find a way to make a difference. Find a way. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, as a matter of fact, let me read that one actually. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, Psalm 32 verse 8 says, let's turn to Psalm 32 verse 8. Give me a second guys while I actually go there. Psalm 32 verse 8. Watch this. Let me read this to you. Look at this. Look what the Lord says. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule. That need a bit and a brittle to keep it under control. What does this verse here say? Is pastor. Pastor. No one is asking you to be what you're not. But they are. But heaven is asking you to find a way. Find a way to do your part. If it's not. If it's not. In protesting, then pastor, find another way. Organize a 24-hour prayer 
and make that thing public. Say, my church, we're going to be praying 24 hours a day. Uh, find a way. Let your church and your community know that you might not be out there, but you're doing something. Don't let nobody shame you into, ain't no time to pray in this season. That protest, I'm, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say protest, protest ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like some people are not built for that. You know what I'm saying? Some people are not built for that. We got, you know, just, they're just not built for it. You see what I'm saying? But you are built for other things. Let me say it. Listen, listen. For those pastors who feel like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm lost. I don't know. I don't know what to do. God says in Psalm 32 verse 8, I will guide you. I will guide you. Look, I will guide you along the best pathway. That's what this says. Go read this. So what is this saying? Is here's what people forget. That the Bible says it is God who gives you the will and to do of his good pleasure. So whoever's out there protesting is because God put that on their heart. And whoever is at church praying is because God put that on their heart because the protesters need prayer. And prayer ain't the answer for everything. We need people to say something. See what I'm saying? Find a way to allow heaven to show you what to do. And whatever that may be, whatever that may be, you stand your ground and you do that. You do what God has placed on your heart. But here's what you cannot do. You can't just pop up on Sunday and preach for your online service and then disappear like a turtle back into your shell. Talking about, I don't know what to say. No one is asking you to be fake. You can't do something. You gotta, gotta do something. My church, my church wasn't out there, you know, during the COVID-19 because it was wild in the Bronx. My zip code is the highest zip code. For COVID-19 But you know what my church did? My church came together The leadership of our church came together And we paid for dinner For the 8th floor Of a particular department In the hospital That was what we could do We bought them some pizza Some rice and beans and all of that We sent them a note from the church And said this is coming from our church We thank you for all that you're doing We can't do much But this is what we can do just know, here's some arroz con bichuela with some, with some New York pizza. Take a break. You know what I'm saying? And eat some food. We love you. Baby, I didn't feel the pressure. I got to be out there, you know, you know, pray. Like God ain't tell me go out there and pray for people during the COVID virus. He was like, buy the eighth floor some food and send them some food because they're hungry. So that way they don't have to go out the building, expose themselves to the virus. God, so we that's what we could do. That's what we did. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what we did. I don't do something. Do something. And all we told them was, hey, we the church from down the block. And we just want you to know this is a token of our appreciation. We love you. Here's some dinner on us. Take that. Does it? Do you see what I'm saying? Now, on that day, that 
Who knows if that nurse or that hospital worker was like, man, I don't want to go outside, man. But I'm hungry, man. But I don't want to. I don't want to have to go out there and expose myself to the nonsense of the virus. And next thing you know, while they're contemplating, like, man, I don't want to go out there. A de special delivery. Well, what's this? Ah, uh, here's dinner on us. Thank you, God. I don't have to go out. Some normalcy. A thank. Do you see what I'm saying, Pastor? Pastor. You know what I'm saying? Uh, God will guide you. God, God will guide you on what to do. The whole, and you want a Bible verse for that? Matthew chapter 25 says, when I was hungry, you gave me to eat. And if you gave to eat the least of these, Edosha, you gave it unto me. That's Bible right there. It says, I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. You know? All right, pastor. All right? All right? Pastor, maybe you, you know, maybe you don't, you know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe you don't, uh, maybe, you know, certain, you know, certain things you, it's not on your heart to do. But guess what? You could go out there with some ice water. And give it to the police officers because it was hot today. It was hot today. And say, police officer, thank you for the service that you're doing. You know, we know that all police ain't bad. Here's some ice water so you can drink. It's from us. We pray. And you don't, and, and watch this. You don't have to like pray for them. Make them feel bad right there. Pray for the water. Be like, God, I anoint this water. Be like, God, we anoint this, this, these waters and let this. Let it be that when anybody drinks this water, let it be rivers of living water inside their soul. Here, here, oh, go to the protesters and say, here, man, here's some ice water. Here's some ice water. That's your contribution. Removing demons and devils. That's all I'm saying, Pastor. That's, that's, all, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is you got to do something. You got, you got to do something. Don't be. The Levite that saw the man bleeding and walked over and kept going. Don't be the temple assistant that actually leaned over and kept walking. Be the good Samaritan. Be the good, be the good Samaritan in the name of Christ. And God will give you opportunities to preach the gospel. And you share the word of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to leave it there. That's my thoughts. Uh, that is my thoughts here from scripture. Uh, and I want to encourage you pastors. I get it. I get it. I get it. You've never been down this path before. You've never been down this path. Uh, you don't even know where to start. Welcome to the club. Most pastors are that are in that place. You know, God will guide you. Contribute. Do what you can. All right. Do what's on your heart. Find a way. And then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will he'll guide you. You don't have to be fake. And the Holy Spirit is not telling you to be fake. But he is telling you do something. Just do something. You know? And be a blessing. And God will 
honor your acts of kindness and your good deeds will be rewarded when this is over. Should it be over? But prophecy is kind of saying that this thing is going to get worse. But that's another topic for another day. All right, guys, no shaming in this season. No shaming. No shaming. We're all contributing. Uh, we're all contributing. We're all contributing. We're all contributing somewhere. All right? <laughs> Amen. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.